Westbrook on the drive, falling away. Won't go. Rebound taken by Iguodala. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six tenths of a second remaining. Hello and welcome to the Basement NBA Show podcast. I'm your host, Kai, and as always, I'm joined by... Mukhtar, how's it going, guys? How are you guys? How It's been a while, right? It's been a, it's been too long. It's been too, too long. I, I think it's been a year, actually. Let's not get into specifics. Okay. But it's, it's, been, it's been far, far, far too long. Okay, so now... Okay, so why are we back? You tell me. We're back because basketball's back, you know? Um, what This is a basketball podcast. Mm-hmm. There was no basketball. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... Now that there's basketball, we're going to be talking about basketball. <laughs> is I'm it, sure, is, is it sure, that simple? It's that simple. I'm sure you guys wouldn't want us to talk in the middle of June about random COVID. stuff. Yeah, COVID, yeah. Amen. So, yeah, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying quarantined, taking the virus seriously. Put on your masks, you know. And uh, stop going to play basketball. There's no bubbles in your city. Unless you need to. You don't need to. You got to get exercise somehow. Go to the, do some push-ups, man. <laughs> Home workouts? Yeah, home Zoom workouts. Up. How many YouTube suggestions did I get as soon as quarantine hit? That's true. 10 home workouts for your back. 10 home workouts for your quads. And and I'm not going to lie to you. I did watch a couple of them. Yeah. you Were you did working out? You, you're looking not. good, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. You know, COVID, uh, COVID did good for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but as as we're recording right now, we got Philly and Boston playing. Boston's up 2-0 in the series. And... Um, Let's let's start off by talking about this bubble. Let's yeah. t- you know like as you guys know, I am a diehard Suns fan, and this bubble is the best thing to happen to Phoenix Suns organization. Ten years. Wow. Oh, ten years. Ten years. Well, that's not saying much. Nothing's happened in ten. I years. mean, it's the biggest win streak of Devin Booker's career. Eight games. Eight games. You know. Makes sense. Obviously, I'm exaggerating. There's going to be a lot of hyperboles here, mm-hmm. but. No, there's nothing, you know, the hype has died down a little bit now. The playoffs have started. There's yeah. other, you know, stories and things to talk about. What but was your wildest take in the middle of this eight-game run? We're making the playoffs. That's the wildest one? That, that was very believable. Okay, but, we're, you know, for me. Did you think it, I thought No, no, no. I thought they were going to make the playoffs before the bubble. Like, as oh, soon as I really? saw they're invited, I'm like, yeah. they're making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's no, because I remember how they started the season off. And this is a team that. Healthy. When they're healthy and when they're confident, they're actually good. Yeah. Like, specifically this year with Rubio and the new guy, like Cameron Johnson and Mikel Bridges and Devin Booker's confidence. But as soon as you start losing, those bad habits come back. Those That losing mentality comes back. You know, it's a losing organization for how long? So That's true. When you start fresh and you have confidence, and Monty Williams is a good coach. Like, this guy brought in a new philosophy and he's, you know, coaching these guys. Guys really, are buying really, in, yeah. Guys are buying in. So... It was, uh, it was, I believed that we were going to make the playoffs, but there's no, there's no hot takes, realistically speaking. Did you think they had a chance in the playoffs? No. no. I thought, honestly, I thought the best thing for them would be obviously to make the playoffs, but yeah. they're going to get swept, but they need that experience. I exactly. wanted them to exactly. get into the playing game. So if they play Portland and they saw what the environment is like, despite the fact that there's no crowd. So in a way, is it really experience? Like there's the pressure of what the game is about and that teaches you a lot, but having that home crowd and being away i mean like yeah. being in an away gym and playoff atmosphere that's yeah. you know. i think being in a must win environment mm-hmm. the last eight games mm-hmm. is like as close it's pretty close to being in a playoff environment because the last eight games were all must wins mm-hmm. the last four or five 
mm-hmm. were you know pretty close to being a playoff type game mm-hmm. where you know these guys are trying their best they see that you know an opportunity to make the playoffs right so you know I, I don't think all is lost in terms of getting the playoff experience i think they you know they got they got a they got good experience out of this for sure right definitely definitely, definitely something they, to work off of they walked away with confidence and yeah at the end I, there was a video of monty williams that he was telling them guys i saw that yeah you know, you you didn't control your destiny. You did the best thing that you could do, mm-hmm. and you still didn't get it. You we got to get to a level where we're a team that controls our destiny. Exactly, exactly, and, and not be in these play playing games and mm-hmm. you know. And they started good this season. It's just the injuries hit them pretty hard. Injuries, the suspensions, you know? suspensions. Oh yeah, the DeAndre and suspension. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I have a question for you. How yeah. often do you think about um, the drafts? What do you mean? The A in draft. Oh, looking back. <laughs> Because every time I look at them and I and I see centers in the NBA, yeah, I start to realize how little they can, you know, how little he dominate. Can bring. Yeah, yeah. The basketball, yeah. Because they're not going to bring up the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as Jokic likes to lie on TV and bring mm-hmm. up the ball every once in a while, he's not going to ever dominate mm-hmm. a basketball game. Yeah. Right. I don't think centers are ever going to down. Well, maybe in you know in the next era, or whatever. At this moment in time, as good as Aiton is physically and as good as the tools he has and stuff. You know, it's tough to take a center that high in the draft. Do you guys do you do you agree? I mean, you, like, the only reason you're considering that, and the only reason you're looking back that way, is because you're comparing him and what he's done in two years to what Doncic is doing in two years, and the hype and the superstar stardom that Trey Young is receiving, and yeah. these other guys in the draft. Like, sure. In terms of if we're gonna take that those factors aside and yeah. look at Aiton. Okay, Aiden has, he's huge. Mm-hmm. He's a monster. Yeah. The only thing that I'm unhappy about when I look at Aiden is, why do you not have an amazing, like not amazing, but the drive and the like, like the willpower to like have that back to the basket game. You yeah. know, yeah. he gets the ball and he wants to shoot. He wants to like fade turn away, around yeah. and fade away. Yeah. Like you are the biggest guy on the court. The most athletic. The, you know the quickest exactly out of your like, size. don't yeah. go home and watch video don't play video games go home and watch Shaq highlights from when he was a kid like this yeah. is you could do that he actually can do that well when if the NBA is the way it is right now mm-hmm. you know and the coach is telling you you know guys let Ricky Rubio set you up mm-hmm. you know how often okay, is he really at, working on look at Embiid look at Embiid he yeah. has a back to the basket game right no one can get him the ball okay but the the you know that you need to get him the ball. Yes. You know that like he has those tools and he can scare teams like Absolutely. Yep. So imagine Aiden had a footwork and back to the basket game like Embiid. How this would be not even be a conversation how dominating he could be because he's doing twenty and twelve, twenty and fifteen without this. That's true. That's true. I- I'm just saying there's the time for a center to control the game, the mm-hmm. pace of the game, the and this is not the era momentum for that. of a game. It's not the error for that. Yeah. And and when you look at the guards that passed them by, and, you know, the Phoenix Suns could have used the point guard Definitely. back then, right? So but. it wasn't like Trey Young and Doncic were out of the question, mm-hmm. right? And as much as I like Aiden, you know, mm-hmm. it's I don't know if you'll ever pick a center that early ever again. Yeah. Especially yeah. nowadays. I mean, mm-hmm. you have James Wiseman out of the draft right now. Personally, I've never even watched a single tape on the guy. Mm-hmm. I would not pick him top five. Mm-hmm. I don't, oh, why? I, I just I don't think being a center is 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 just you know unless of course the draft isn't there's not going to be like four or five guys better than him. I just think it's a guards league. You need mm-hmm. the guy who can who can begin with the ball outside the three point line and get to wherever he wants to go. I, but I I believe that's by circumstance. I think you need to have that one guy that is that but, center that comes in and changes that. But look at Embiid. What's the conversation going around him nowadays? 
the guards can't get him the ball. The guards okay. can't get him close to the basket. Okay. Because he's the he's most dominating when he's closer to the basket. Yeah. Once he's four or five, once he has one foot in the paint, it's over. Mm-hmm. But he has a foot in the paint. He's calling for the ball. You have Jason or, or Jordan, Jason Richardson. What was his name again? Yeah. Um, Richardson, mm-hmm. the point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Shake Milton. Guys who can't give him the entry pass. So so you know his domin- his his potential to dominate is. Limited. It's limited. So you're saying you need a center in the mold of like let's say Giannis, like someone that it has that versatile, mo- versatile mobility yeah. to to not need someone to give you the ball from back to basket, create from like the line. The Another example. Line. Okay. Anthony Davis. Okay. Top five talent. Okay. Didn't make the playoffs for the first four or five seasons. Because of? Because of point guards, bad guard play. Mm-hmm. Uh Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. made one playoff. Appearance and Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler was there. <laughs> yeah, and Jimmy Butler was the guy dominating mm-hmm. and arguably so centers, the best player. So, f- so y- your point: the centers are y- their potential and their 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 their, their limit mm-hmm. is determined by their point guard. Okay, and so why not work on getting, especially in that draft when there was two point guards with the potential mm-hmm. to be really good with mm-hmm. Trey Young and Doncic. Mm-hmm. Why not get? I mean, I get the defensive issues and whatnot, and you already have Booker, mm-hmm. and why not work on that first? You know, That's a good and, point. but you know, at the end of the day, we're not talking about a scrub here. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to be nice. a bust. He's yeah. not going to be a bust. He's not a bust. You know, at they all. got a good point guard now in Ricky Rubio. It's just hard to look back on it and and say, was it the right decision? Was it the right decision? Because it obviously wasn't. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're not getting nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're walking away with something. Walking away with something. And I look at it like I look at this. You know, the teams need at the time though was. They had big no man? bigs. They okay. had no centers, no yeah. power forwards. They had no they prospects. Like, but what do they say when you're that high in the draft? Never look at need. You look, look at, at talent, talent first, yeah. and then you figure out the need. So if talent, they should have taken Doncic. They should have never thought, okay, he's going to well, dominate the ball from Booker. Because yeah. regardless, Booker likes being off the ball. Yeah. But he would have been relegated to like, mm-hmm. you know, the way, like, okay, hot take time. Go ahead. Doncic is nice. I oh, know he's nice. Okay. But, but I don't like watching the Mavs like I don't, I don't like the way he plays he's hardened 2.0 like 100%. like yes you have a different pace you have a different set of footwork you have a different game like he plays like I don't know if I was having this conversation with you there's different types of pace with players like there's the Paul Pierce pace there's no game speed like you know how we're you we determine go, game speed you determine your game speed coaches yeah. used to tell us play as fast as you can game speed shots game speed reps like Paul Pierce wasn't doing no game speed. He was playing Paul Pierce speed. Yeah, exactly. These guys, so Doncic has that speed, that footwork, that shot. Like the, He can't even hit catch and shoot shots, rarely. Yeah. For him to hit a three, it needs to be a step back. <laughs> it's a necessary it requirement. to move, yeah. It needs to be something like that. Moving backwards, yeah. But imagine, like, I don't know. I don't like the way the game is headed in terms of giving one guy the guard, uh, the ball and saying, do everything for us. Make it happen. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I think Doncic is great, but yeah. like when I look at his stats, it's like fluffy, like it's very fluffy. I don't I, take I it seriously. I know what you mean, hundred percent. One night he had what was that? One night he had like, like forty some points, twenty some. Yeah. Like it was like a crazy style line, yeah. like a two K style line. Right, I right. couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. And no, when you I watch agree. him, you don't see it. I agree, hundred percent. But that's the league we live in right now. You know, that's that's the league. I don't that's like here. it. I don't like it. <laughs> that's a whole other question. You know, whether or not I like it, I don't okay. like it either, man. I don't mm-hmm. like. You know, Harden and, you know, I don't like the way Houston plays. Mm-hmm. I don't like at all the way isolation play has kind of dominated the NBA. But the less, the, 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 if, if your lead guard doesn't need to be set up and he can create his own shot, it's the best play in the game right now. Okay, right? but what, what happened to the days where 
You know, you have an elite point guard, like a pass first point guard. Yeah. You have an elite, elite two guard, you know, like yeah. an elite two guard, elite three man that you mm-hmm. can just like imagine having a pure point with PG and Kawhi right now. You know what I'm saying? Despite the fact that Kawhi and PG can create for themselves true, and yeah. you're going to put yeah. shooters around them, but get a pure point that can shoot. Yeah. How much better would the Clippers be? How much more potent better. would they be? Yeah. Like that's the type of basketball I like watching. I agree. I agree. But. Whether or not you like watching it, I, I like watching that too. But mm-hmm. that doesn't lead to... Well, no, it does lead to wins, mm-hmm. right? But what we're talking about here is having those guys is the most important thing for sure. Yeah. Having a Kawhi and PG. And then you figure everything else yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. A one-two. And one, your one has to yeah. create. Like, he has, has to be to able to take his... For himself, first and foremost. Yeah. And then everything else after that. And let's not act like, you know, Doncic can still create for others. You he know? can. Definitely he, he, he can. He creates for others. But um, it's, at, like, it's like, here, like... The coach gave me your food. Mm-hmm. This is your plate. I'll give it to you when it's your turn. I'm going to eat. Yeah. But like, just uh-huh. be in this spot. It's like yeah. LeBron, you know, like LeBron can create for everyone, like, but it's a certain way. Harden can create for people, but it's a certain way. Yeah. Le- Doncic can create for people, but it's a certain way. You know what I mean? I know yes, exactly that's what, what I see the you st- saying. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Is you it- can eat now. Like, yeah. okay, Tim Hardaway. Yeah. You're in the corner, Seth Curry, you're in the corner. Dorian Finney Smith got an often. You can eat. By turns, Max Kleber, go in your corner, you're yeah. going to eat. But their offense is so whack. Like, it's so boring to watch. Yes, they have a great offense, but... Historically you know, great, yeah. Like, the stats just, say historically, yeah. I don't know. I don't when say, you watch do you it, believe you in stats, it. though? No. Like, what are stats, fam? <laughs> you look at the eye test, bro. If you know basketball, you watch. He's sick. Yeah. But he's yeah. not, oh, my God, MVP level. Like, he's, he's putting up MVP numbers. But say they win this series against the Clippers. Okay, then definitely. Okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares what I say? Okay. We're just a podcast. We're just a basement podcast. Who cares what we think? It's Doncic, bro. He's making millions. Oh, well, that's the thing. And we're going back to like you know what we talked about with DeAndre Ayton. You know, mm-hmm. obviously having Doncic is hindsight is twenty twenty. I get it, right? But I feel like we we all should have been able to see where the NBA was going, mm-hmm. and having lead guards that but, create for themselves listen, is listen. most important. Me and you yeah. have more intelligence than the Phoenix organization of that the time. That is true. Like, Ryan McDonough is... He was not... He, like, the coach was the Slovenian national coach for Doncic. They just won a championship. There needs to be a documentary or something that went into that. Like, why would you hire the Doncic's coach? Mm-hmm. In the year, up, Doncic is going to be drafted. In the year, who knows how to talk to him. Who knows that? But Igor couldn't command the respect Rest of the... Yeah. <laughs> he's alive. The poor guy that it was done dirty or alive. <laughs> a lot. Monty Williams, he holds his own. He's a great coach. Anyways, yeah. so we have a lot to talk about. You yeah. know, we're, we're, we're always going to find ourselves distracted, but I've addressed my son's piece. I've talked about How what do you I feel th- about the tra- uh, draft position. So, you know, I, I didn't expect us to jump that high into the top five, but mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. we already have, like, I'm, it's not a year where I'm looking at the draft as, oh my God, this is the thing I'm looking forward to. I'm so excited. Like, we're good. Like, we're a good team now. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. on our way to progression. Like, we just have Organic to make- growth is what you need right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. So, we're going to get a supporting player in that or move the piece or whatever. Now, let's talk about your Raptors. A lot of people didn't let's believe. A lot of people felt like Kawhi, as soon as he leaves, it's over. Mm-hmm. But what have the Raptors done this entire season, this entire year, and especially in these playoffs so far? What do you see? So, I think every Raptor fan will agree with me and say, we knew they were going to be at least closer to this good. Mm-hmm. Top three, top four seed without Kawhi. Because with them, it's about continuity. You know, they've had the same, you know, three or four guys. They have groomed them over the last four or five years. 
it wasn't like they were taking Kawhi out and then everyone else was kind of, you know, because if that happened, like, you know, there was a lot of discussion about, I think we talked about it on a podcast as well, the trade deadline when it comes up. Are we going to get rid of Gasol? Are we going to get rid of Baca? Are we going to get rid of Lowry? And obviously, with the way the season started, that wasn't going to happen because, and you know, I, again, I think most Raptor fans will agree with me. It wasn't like shocking to see them as good as they were, right? Kawhi, nothing against Kawhi, but his real value is in the fourth quarter in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Or in, in, when you need a bucket, that's when you need him. And we haven't seen the Raptors in that situation yet. And that's when we'll see the value of Kawhi. Because right now, everyone is talking about how, you know, was Kawhi They're really winning the games as a team? Like, yeah. this is pure team basketball. Not, exactly. I'm going to will us yeah. to the another level given my skill set. Exactly. If the next round, it comes down to game one, the last 30 seconds. Personally, I don't know where the ball is going, right? That could be a benefit. But with Kawhi, you knew where the ball is going and you couldn't really do anything about it. Because and you Kawhi had, was but you had a confidence. You had the you confidence. You had the confidence of Kawhi. Exactly. The teammates had confidence. Now it's like, you know, Siakam, I think we both agree he's not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Van Vliet, he might be ready for that. I don't know. But you know? can he? He's not going to be able to do it yeah, on that consistently level. Consistently. Yeah, yeah. And on that level. And there's height limitations. You know, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, you're six, you're six feet, you're limited in what you can do in the NBA, right? And so how good the Raptors have been? 8-0 in the playoffs, 3-0, and also, or sorry, 7-1 in the playoffs, and not the Suns, sorry. 7-1 and one in, uh, in the playoffs. Wow. In the bubble. In the bubble? 3-0 and oh so far, so 10-1. and one, Wow. You know? Uh, it is the Nets. You know, I don't know if anyone expected anything at all from the Nets. Um, but Oh, man. Karis LeVert. Oh, he's nasty. <laughs> Not even that. I had so much faith in that step back. That would have been our play. Oh, chances. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you put up 30-something points by going straight to the rim every, every single time? time every and then time. say, hey, Phoenix, I know I, I, I got you guys excited a little, but yeah. F you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to take a step back. I'm a hero. Like, no, get to the rim. Like. He has a funky jumper too. Like I knew he was gonna miss. When he, he was off balance. He was, he was off, off balance. balance. Yeah, it was a weird step back. I mean, he was. He could have easily went right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Portland. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're not really. They haven't. They're not gonna stop him. They're not gonna stop him. And even Dame said in the uh, post game yeah. when I saw McCollum get down low, and you know, I knew he wasn't gonna get to the rim. Yeah. Like you know, where we can live with the chances of a jumper compared because yeah. he's been scoring at the rim. Yeah. Even, that, I think that was the only time CJ McCollum played defense. That could be why he broke his back. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But, you know... Did he terrible. get injured in the bubble? Apparently. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he broke his back somehow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, sorry to cut you off. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, yeah. when that ball was in the air, yeah, it, was, it felt like when LeBron yeah. took that runner against you guys. Like, it's Ooh. just... <gasps> Breaks your heart. You're just thinking... You're, you know, you know you what's going your breath, in, but yeah. in your case, you know it's yeah. not going in. Yeah. And you know your hopes are over. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, go. Go carry on. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I mean, there's not much to talk about. I, you really can't take anything from the series because, mm-hmm. you know... Obviously, the Nets are missing a whole playoff team, mm-hmm. but, you know, just off their injuries alone. Um, you know, their game two was kind of close. You know, guys were hitting crazy shots, um, but there's nothing at all to take from the series, if I'm being honest. The only thing is, Siakam is still struggling, so that could be a problem. So what makes what makes you think he's struggling right now? I don't know. He had a good game today. He was aggressive. I think being aggressive and being put in the right spots, I think Van Vliet's emergence is kind of, you know, putting the team in a little bit of a, you know, who's the, who's the guy we give the ball to? Uh, I feel like Siakam was taking a little bit too much of a step back during the during the bubble a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's do you just, think it's like his, like, do you know? Okay, so when players make that jump to yeah. the next level, mm-hmm. they they think, well, the media per, portrays them as these superstars. Yeah. And then they expect superstar treatment from refs. 
So do you think Siakam, like I've heard from many fans, like Siakam is expecting the call too he's much. The call too much. Yeah. He's seeking the call too much. He's not. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, you know what, to be fair to him, that's how he always plays. Like he oh, always, he's always been like that? He always gets these weird calls when he just runs into guys, and he's limited mm-hmm. offensively, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, his real value is, is his whole game, defensively, offensively. If you say, see, I can get us a bucket, it's not as automatic as some guys in the league. That's just, you know, being honest. You know, he has some growth in that area, the left to do. Um, and I think that's where the uh, you see the problems in his game, in the bubble and whatnot, is that maybe sometimes he's expecting a call too much. He's in the post against a smaller guy, and instead of trying to, you know, bully his way into the paint it's almost like he's just he's going right and then just kind of flailing all over all over the place and looking at the ref like where's the call you know but today was a good today was he was very aggressive by far his best showing so far in the bubble you know so you know if anything the raptors are probably gonna look at this series as a as you know how can we get everyone going to their you know level again norman powell has been struggling a little bit and he was a six man of the year candidate before he um before the uh this covet thing happened so um i'm worried about the celtics because if the raptors you know, if 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 Siakam isn't going back to the way he was, he, they I mean we're talking about the Celtics. They have great defenders for him. You know, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. So they need him to be at least in rhythm going into the series because they will work are, their best to take you out. Chances are he won't be he won't get into rhythm after going into the series. There's just too many good defenders, perimeter defenders in that series. Um, I, you know, so it's 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 fun watching these games. You know, seeing how the Raptors, how Nurse is trying to get the Raptors going. So we'll see how it goes. Game four is in a couple of days. So, so, so how do you feel in terms of Nurse coaching you guys to that next level? And it's very, there's very few coaches in the league that can do that. Yeah. So, like, where's the value? How much of your guys' um, level right yeah. now is attributed to that? To his coaching? To his a coaching. Lot. A lot. A lot. It's, it's um, probably. The majority of it, for sure it is. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing defensively. I think defensively was the biggest um, kind of surprise out of Nurse as a coach, um, especially coming from a offensive... Uh, he was an offensive coordinator, I guess, as, as a sort, um, when Casey was a coach, right? Because uh, Coach uh, Casey has a defensive background. And so, you know, the fact that he's able to use all these plus wing defenders, you can have all the wing good uh, defensive pieces you want. It's up to the coach to put them together in the right place, right? Um, he has an embarrassment of riches in OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Marco Saul, Ibaka. All of these guys were above average, at the very least, defenders. Um, and so they're going to hang their hat on defense. And that's, that's kind of what uh, Nurse has suggested many times in interviews and whatnot, because they don't have a number one guy right now, right? And so, you know, I, I'm, I have confidence that they're going to at least make it to the third round. Just based on the how so good they are So you think they can beat the Celtics? I think so. Okay. I think I think it'll be a fun series. I th- I'm if I was a betting man, you know, I I'd, I'd, I'd put money on it. You know, it's all those betters out there, I just trust my word on this. <laughs> it's a four-two series. <laughs> we don't support gambling on this show. I'm just What's kidding. That? <laughs> We're gonna start doing betting lines now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, okay, so you okay, so you've transitioned to essentially. A, what our next topic would be. So what do you think of the outlook is for these playoff series? Right now we have Portland Lakers 1-1 apiece, Houston mm-hmm. 2-0, 2-1 for Denver, or Utah over Denver, 1-1 yeah. in the... For me, the biggest surprise so far has been Denver and uh, the Utah series because mm-hmm. uh, it looked like they were a very evenly matched um, team. And, you know, it's a 2-1 series after today. And so that may seem like it's a, it's, you know, um, 
it is somewhat evenly matched. But you, when you look deeper into it, game one, Mitchell scores 57. They mm-hmm. lose in overtime. Mm-hmm. No Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. Second game, they killed him. Still no Mike Conley. But, you know, I think it was by 19 by the end of the game. But it was much higher throughout the game. Today, um, I was watching the game. And, like, fully for the first time. I mean, I was watching bits of it before. But, it, you know, I think everyone agrees that Jokic isn't a good defender. And it was so pronounced today. He could not defend anything. If they tried to switch, Mitchell was gone. If he tried to contain a pick and roll, um, Rudy Gobert would get an easy bounce pass, roll, bucket. If Rudy Gobert should never be having 20 and 11 and a half, you know, and that's what he had today. Completely dominated that matchup. Um, wow. Completely dominated it, especially in the first half. And, you know, after that, it wasn't really much of a game. And, you know, of, of course, Mike Conley's suffering from the Van Vliet syndrome, which is once you have a kid, you're is automatically it, it really Michael suffering. Jordan. Uh, benefiting that's true. that's true that's true he's he's you know it's funny he's like all these nba players are planning to have kids in the summer <laughs> they <laughs> so got a no, plan it's for their playoff they, you run. know they're exactly they're smart you know but now they <laughs> honey you're not making the playoffs exactly let's plan in case <laughs> so but, yeah so you have mike conley came back today six straight threes before he missed one holy amazing man they played amazing today it might end up being a 4-1-4-2 series by the looks of it but and i was expecting denver to win the thing yeah me too for sure, me too. I was expecting them to make it a second round at least, make mm-hmm. it a series, make mm-hmm. uh, out of the, um, I think they're in the three spots, so make it a series into the Clippers, you know. But, you know, the, you know, I think everyone, a lot of people had the pretender, you know, um, label on them. You know, fairly, fair as well. They don't have a number one guy, you know. Jokic, as good as he is, and going back to the center conversation, I don't think your best players can be a center. Mm-hmm. I think you need a guard mm-hmm. or a, a three or a max, like a guy who can... Who four who can you know also dribble from outside the three point line, um, and obviously Jokic being your best player, even though he is kind of a semi you know point guard, he brings up the ball a lot. He you know he he averages the most assists out no, of the he game. No, he does. He does have a unique skill set. Yeah. But where what's holding them back is like you said, his defense. But fundamentally, that's just athleticism and mobility. Absolutely. Like where Absolutely. where other centers in his role would have so much athleticism, so much mobility. Yeah. He is not that. He has guard skill set. Yeah, like. 100%. I agree, but like also, like he could at least be somewhat he's somewhat of a, a passable defender. I mm-hmm. mean, you look at Marcus Saul. Marcus Saul is a defensive player of the year, similar body type, mm-hmm. and it's all IQ. Yeah. It's all like, okay, I and know IQ what this... IQ what, though? Through experience. Through, through experience years and good coaching as well. Okay. You know, because yeah, you have fair. Nick Nurse putting him in these positions and saying, you know, you don't but have to switch. he was a player of the year before. Before, 100%. 100%. Okay. And he was always in a position. And, you know, back then, the NBA was a little bit less guard-heavy than mm-hmm. it was. It is now. But even now, he's a very good defender. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's he's, a, he's their best big defender, uh, mm-hmm. Gasol is, for the Raptors. And it's all based off IQ. He's mm-hmm. he's older IQ position. than he was eight mm-hmm. years ago. He's mm-hmm. less athletic. But he knows. He's just it's smart little, you know, intricacies of the game and of the pick-and-roll defense that it just feels like. And also effort. You know, I, I watched Jokic. And he doesn't look like he does not. It looks like he doesn't try, man. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just his body language or whatever. I think it's just superstar syndrome, man. I think maybe say, in this league, when you give young players these titles and this like, yeah, you know, these fat contracts and this being praised in the media, yeah, yeah. you feel like okay, I'm gonna focus on what's got me here. Exactly, like, I don't exactly. need to do anything else. Build Offense, around me, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. And you know, they tried building around them because they have really good defenders at the four with Millsap and Jeremy Grant. They have good defenders in the wings. But it really, when a team, especially in the playoffs... It's hunting you. They hunt you. You can't hide, especially if you're a big, because it's a pick and roll. Like, you look at every game, it's just 100 pick and rolls a game, you know, and you're the center. So you're going to be in these pick and roll actions 
a all, ton. All game, yeah, yeah. And when you know you look at the Jazz, that's basically their only action that that's most reliable for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a Den- it's a Donovan Mitchell, Gobert pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And so if I if I did you know delve deep into the series, I would have you know you would have been able to see that you know a play having a lot of impact in the series. I didn't. I thought it'd be much more even. You know, especially because Denver has a lot of good perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they haven't been able to stop it. And then today. It looks like they just been the ball was humming. It was going different. Like everyone is making shots. Niang, this random dude on the Utah Jazz making mm-hmm. shots. Mm-hmm. Everyone is making shots. You know, Mitchell didn't even have that good of a game. He had twenty points or twenty two, whatever it was, five or thirteen shooting. And they still just trounced him. Thirty mm-hmm. points and by, by the end of the third quarter. You know, that series, it looks like, you know, you would say two one, Denver can come back. But when you have two straight games where you're getting thoroughly like outplayed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's hard to say who's, you know, it's hard to say Denver has much of a chance, but I could be wrong, and next no, week we could be talking about how it's a 3-2 series or a 3-3 series. So Fair enough, that's true. So I wanted to touch on one thing, especially now being that Philly lost their game and they're down 3-0 to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Philly was down 2-0, and this game they came in with effort. Absolutely, they yeah. just weren't hitting shots, and they suffered what the problem that we're addressing this entire podcast, the theme that, like, you your center can't take you that far, like, how hard was it for Shake Milton to dump the ball into Embiid mm-hmm. and he's getting double team, triple team, and yep. Josh Richardson is not hitting a shot. Exactly. Tobias Harris is not hitting a shot. Mm-hmm. And even though yeah. Embiid is trying to create, get to the line, get to the line, get to the line, the whole game, he's, he, he was doing some rip-throughs that he didn't even have the ball in his hand and he's doing yeah. rip-throughs. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's getting to the line in the end of the game. But. Yeah. And that's Embiid for you. He'll, he'll draw fouls for you like a guard does. Mm. But at the end of the game, you know, you need those perimeter guys to do what they're doing best. Exactly. And that's why the debate has always been there. Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, who would you keep? Mm-hmm. Oh, trade Ben Simmons for this. Trade Ben Simmons for C.G. McCollum for mm-hmm. Dev- Devin Booker. At least a year ago it was mm-hmm. a little bit of a conversation. Now it isn't anymore. But, you know, these these conversations have always been there for a reason. It's because you need an, a lead guard who could get a shot at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's not that big of a deal, but it really is, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, You need a guy who can, who can operate out of the pick and roll. And I, we were watching the game together. They run a pick and roll, shake Milton. We know where the ball is going, and mm-hmm. Celtics just load up as soon as the the ball goes to the roll man mm-hmm. to Embiid, or even goes to the to the one kick out yeah. so that they can dump it down to Embiid. It's gonna come back to Embiid every single time, mm-hmm. even if Simmons is there. It's gonna come back to Embiid every single time. Mm-hmm. And you know, even then, Embiid was catching the ball on the three point line, yeah. waving his guys out yeah. of the area. Yeah. But it's that time he's taking to back down the post. Yeah. A defender's trapping him, exactly. and in a late game situation like that. Yeah. Celtics know what they're doing. Yeah, and if you look at the stats, Embiid is a very turnover-prone player. Mm-hmm. You know, he so he, he still has problems passing out of the pick and or uh, the double yep. teams and yeah. whatnot. So, and teams know that. That's why they're throwing these hard doubles at him. And he knows he has to be able to score. Like he has to be aggressive. Right? And the pressure's on him now. Exactly. He's taking that. I have to get us through this. Yeah, I mean, a big problem with him last year when he played the when they played the Raptors was because Nurse was doubling him not only with Gasol as a primary defender. But also another big was mm. Ibaka coming from the weak side. So there's no room for him to make the pass. Like now you've got two big guys running at you. You can't overpower and step through one of them. You know it's just so that's you know that's a, that's a problem with Embiid. He's a young player. He's still a superstar. You know still top ten talent. You know production wise he may be a little bit lower than that. But top ten talents. He's a talent man. I mean like I said I, I still think you need a lead guard. Mm-hmm. That lead guard maybe doesn't have to be better than Embiid, but it has to okay. be someone you can rely on. Okay, so you know you're what bringing I mean? up some good points, and now. Especially with them being down 3-0. Let's, yeah. let's take the conversation. Where do you go from here? Exactly. Okay, what do you think? What do you think to Philly? So uh, the first thing I think is they need to get rid of um, 
a lot of the pieces that control the basketball decisions. For example, I think the first thing is they have to get rid of Brett Brown. He's there's there is no way he should keep a job after this season. You know what, man? We said that even, he should be like David Blatt. Like straight to Europe. No, leave. We're leave, never gonna hear to your Europe, name again. Yeah. You're not gonna be an assistant coach. One way ticket to Serbia. That's it. <laughs> Australia. He's from Australia. He's from Australia. Sure. Okay. I think so. Well, there it is. The NBL. Then he's going straight to the NBL. Um, for sure, he's he has to be gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do you have to lose to the Boston Celtics to realize you you know you need some you need a better coach than mm-hmm. what this guy's offering. Mm-hmm. And he um, and he's coaching for his job. You see him stressing. He oh he's stressing, man. I mean, Tatum hit a three, and this guy looked like he lost a daughter. Like he was stressing, man. <laughs> and um, what's it called? Who? Oh, uh, Elton Brand. Okay. Um, obviously, for the contracts he's been given out. Unbelievable. Atrocities. I, atrocities. This guy is a criminal. <laughs> War criminal, huh? He, he needs to be charged. Be, he needs to be held accountable. He needs to be. Ch- I don't know if he's related to Al Horford and Tobias Harris. I don't know why he's giving these guys. I mean, it's just logical, man. Everyone knew they were going to be a good defense, defensive team. Mm-hmm. But why would you give Al Horford, an aging power forward, a... I'll tell you why. Why? He's what's been stopping and beating the playoffs every season. But is it him? That's what they thought. Or is it Brad Stevens? It's, that's what they thought. Or is it Brett Brown? Brad, <laughs> Brett Brown is stopping his Philadelphia 76ers from getting past the first round. Was it the first round or second round? Every no, time they okay, face Boston. Every, okay. No, well, Literally. last year was Kawhi. That was, that's true. Listen, Jimmy Good. Butler could have took them to another level. But Jimmy, that's, but Jimmy that's Butler the thing. supersedes. So what Brent happened? Brown supersedes. 100%. So yeah. what happened? Why were they not able to keep Jimmy Butler when it was so obvious that's who, that's who they needed? Jimmy Butler and Miami Heat are a match made in heaven. 100%. Like, you see it. He's, but when that's, we talk, that's his culture. But when you talk about a lead guard. That's what they to needed. To put along and that's Jimmy the, Butler. If Kawhi didn't Sorry, hit uh, that Joel shot. Embiid, yeah. If Kawhi didn't hit that shot, more uh, more than likely, 76ers yeah. would have won in overtime because of the way, in my opinion, at least the way Jimmy that's Butler fair. was cooking mm-hmm. at the end of that fourth quarter. It was. He was. He that's, put the team on the back. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100 And you know what? We could have been having a different conversation now because I do think they would have won the championship if they got out of that series. Oh, you think Philly could have won 100%. the championship? 100%. Okay. I don't think Milwaukee had the answer. I think, sorry, Philadelphia had the answers for Milwaukee, okay. which is put Embiid on Giannis every single time. And obviously, the Warriors would have been injured, mm-hmm. right? They wouldn't have been 100%. So, mm-hmm. you know, that series, I think, determined who won the championship. I think both teams were dead even mm-hmm. across the board mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But going back to it, you know, it's for whatever reason, like they've been making the, just the simple, they couldn't make the simple decisions. I think most people could have agreed that Brett Brown was basically outcoached for most of his career. Whatever it is, he can't seem to put the right pieces at the right times together on the floor, mm-hmm. no matter how much talent you put there. Now you got to ask yourself, well, how, what kind of talent does he have? And then you see Elton Brand and Colangelo and these types of GMs putting these odd fitting pieces together. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, bankrupting them for the next like 10 years mm-hmm. or five years mm-hmm. and handcuffing them into these contracts that they can't get out of, no matter even if they wanted to. Okay, so I think where this all stems from, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, is that Embiid and Simmons, is their fit the right fit? Now, I'm not like the average Joe that believes they can't coexist. You know what I mean? You don't think so? I think they can. I think they easily can with the right coach. Okay. Let's look at how coaches have come in and overhauled systems that were on the brink of success, but the coaches couldn't get them there. When you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, yes, the pieces may be odd, but if you had a, a smart coach, a coach that knew what to do with these pieces and had a vision, 
Do you not think he can make it work with Simmons and Embiid? I think you need to try. Exactly. So they should have not spent these seasons wasting that time before they have to pay these guys big, big money. Right. Or have they already given out the contracts to Embiid and Simmons? I believe Simmons already got his extension, right? Embiid already has his extension. Yeah, they both have it, yeah. Okay, so these early parts of their, you know, big contracts mm-hmm. with a coach that's playing and not making it work. Yeah. So regardless, fire Brett Brown, get a coach that n- at least one trial season to see yeah. what Simmons and Embiid are capable of under the right coach. You almost need a coach that's offensive-minded mm-hmm. because the team, the way they're set up, they have good defensive pieces across the board. Mm-hmm. You, you need someone who's a good offensive mind that can be creative because mm-hmm. with such a weird situation like Simmons and Embiid, you need someone that could think outside the box. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a guy who could, uh, you know, find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. And it feels like Brett Brown kept trying to, the same thing over and over again, which is, you know, you have two elite talents. Mm-hmm. Throw them together, you get 50 wins, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs is when you get exposed. Exactly. And, and and even in past seasons, I think a lot of their success, not a lot of their success, but some success in their like seasons have been JJ Reddick's ability to come off these screens with Embiid and give them that threat alleviated from the perimeter. Exactly. You know what I mean? When you don't have that, those actions with Embiid, so he gets those easy baskets to the rim. What do you do? He's going to get doubled. He's going to get triple teamed, especially in the playoffs. And now with Ben Simmons out, yes, if Ben Simmons was here, this could be a different story, but the cards are the cards that you're dealt. You got to deal with them now. And and you know, this could be like a, a wake up call for them. Mm -hmm. Like a, yeah, sure. You could look at it this way. You could say they were injured and they didn't have the, their full strength, right? But then are you going to go ahead and try the same Run thing again? Yeah, no. Keep the same coach? Come on. How I many, don't think how many bites of the apple do you need? Exactly. So I think as you know, it is unfair for Brett Brown because he didn't have... Well, at the same time, he's had plenty of time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if He's been f- coaching them since yeah. the rebuild, like since yeah. they drafted Simmons, since they were yeah. a garbage team. Exactly. It's unfair to, to judge him off of this series, but at the same time, He's been doing it for the last five years. Mm-hmm. So it's time, man. It's time to get rid of Brett Brown. It's time to try a different offensive mind. Do you think like a coach like Alvin Gentry, like run and gun, like we're we're going to outrun every team. Doesn't matter what happens. We're just going to outpace you. I think. The, Do you think that could work with Embiid? No. That I don't works think so. with That's Simmons. What, yeah. If with Simmons, which is why people are saying they, they're, they need to be separated is because there's such different offensive talents. You know, I mean, put Simmons on a team where it's just run and gun. Mm-hmm. He's making Him on the passes would on the be break. Crazy. Amazing. Mm-hmm. A guy who just, all he's there for is to get the ball to the right place, rebound, coast to coast. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But then you have a guy like Embiid who's always coming, you know, a little bit out of shape. Or maybe he isn't, he's in the shape he wants to be in, mm-hmm. you know, which is giving him all the strength or whatever. But, you know, you got you to gotta ask yourself what the... I, I think you're right, though. I think they need to keep these two guys together. It's, you're, have, it's so rare to get this type of talent exactly, on one roster. Exactly. So just try be, again with a different coach. Exactly. You know? try, when you try everything, okay, we tried these pieces. We tried multiple coaches. Yeah. Then you can say, okay, you know, yes, the value may be down for these, but their talent is speaks for itself. The Absolutely. value can only go so little down, you know? Mm-hmm. So now moving on. Of course, now we have the Dallas Mavericks and the LA Clippers. That their game, we already touched on the Dallas Mavericks a little, and we can spend the next few podcasts touching on these series and seeing how they're wrapping up. Yeah. Um, I believe that'd be everything for this episode. Do you have any few other topics that you want to talk about? No. I know you were you were debating with me about players in the top. top we can have that for next time. In, okay. Okay. Because you we were debating where Mitchell and Booker. Um, we're Tatum as, and Tatum as well. and these guys are mm-hmm. in the uh, in the NBA rankings, but mm-hmm. we can have a podcast. 
We could talk about that in another Dedicated episode. Dedicated to that one, yeah. What's your predictions on these on these series? <clears throat> so right now, I, when I look at it, I think I, I the predictions I had ahead of time and what's shaping up already is so different. Really? So it's like, what's yeah, like I thought I thought OKC would win. Like I thought they could would beat, win. Yeah, I thought they could beat the Rockets. Was like, that knowing Westbrook no, was going to be out? I wanted them. Okay. And knowing that Westbrook was out, definitely yes. Okay. Like, OKC, I thought could compete with them. Like, That's fair. But when OKC is such a pick and roll heavy team, and Houston switching All everything, they do is switch, yeah. everything is being switched, and you don't have that guy. That yes, CP3 can create for his own. No one's denying that. But yeah. it's so slow, so methodical, so yeah. settle for a jumper kind of guy. Now they're especially begging in you stage. to go for ISO. Exactly. So yeah. I, I thought they would do well. I, I thought Denver would do a little bit better. Mm. I believed someone in Utah because I believe in Mike Conley. Um, I thought Clippers. <laughs> I think Clippers. I, Clippers are definitely going to win this series. I believe, but like I'm not a fan of the Dallas Mavericks and how they play. Yeah, in my opinion, that's fair. And um, Milwaukee. They're pretenders, you know, that I don't think they're, you know? Yeah. Giannis can only take you so far, you know? That's true. And Chris Middleton is... What happened to him? He was he was on another level a few years ago, superstar, yeah. da, 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 Like, Anyways, I thought Indiana would put up a little more of a fight, but it's they a little too might. soon. They yeah, could, they zero. have time, but yeah. like, so... They look overmatched, though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, I agree, the, the Utah-Denver one, I thought it'd be much closer. I think that it's one. Still Utah's only two, one. It's still only 2-1. It's 2-1, but the way it's been 2-1, it's it's different than what most people are expecting. Yeah. You know, it wasn't it was supposed to be a bit competitive. Again, there's no crowd advantage as well. So it's not like yeah, you can say Yeah, this crowd advantage is extremely extremely. You no, know, you can't say, "Oh, these guys are at home. Let's see when they're away or yeah. let's see if they get back home to the Denver crowd, the altitude, whatever." Mm-hmm. Uh, although they both have altitude in their favor. You know, it doesn't it, all that is out. Mm-hmm. So you were looking at basically what team is better. Mhm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And right now, it looks like Denver is, or yeah, Utah. Denver's overmatched. Yeah, Denver's you know? overmatched. I agree the Houston and OKC one was um, a bit of a surprise as well. They're doing this without CP3. Sorry, without um, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a good point about that switching thing is that, you know, that's what Houston wants you to do, right? They want you to, they want you to ISO every possession you have, which is what they were doing to uh, Warriors last year. The difference is, you know, KD, Kevin Durant's Curry, on one side. Yeah. And he's just gonna ISO whenever he wants and get you an efficient thirty, you know, thirty points mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. There's no one on that on the that rest of twenty eight teams. Cost him, yeah. yeah, you know, so that could guard him, I mean. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be an interesting playoff and for sure. I believe I believe this Lakers and Portland series has more juice, despite the fact that Portland can't even guard uh, you know, like uh what are those things called? Uh pylon. Pylon. They yeah. can't even guard a pylon. <laughs> but with you know, obviously it's just not a shooting hand, the dislocated finger that uh Lillard has, but yeah. I think I still I want that like that's the series when I watch. That there's excitement when I'm watching like mm-hmm. the Clippers and the Mavericks. Yeah. There's excitement in that series despite how I feel and the Portland and the Lakers. Even though each game was one way or the other, I feel like that that's setting a good foundation for what's to come. Like, it's a real chance at an upset, which is yeah. what you know what we want as fans. You exactly, know? exactly. We don't so, want what the East is showing us, which is just three zero domination across three, the board. Yeah, yeah two yeah. zero. Yeah, and exactly. Orlando's doing what they do game ones. Ha ha. <laughs> Lose four one after that, eh? Gentleman sweep. <laughs> Gentleman sweep. But um, yeah. So we'll we'll try to um, we'll try to keep you guys posted as these uh, playoffs continue. Definitely. And uh, we'll we'll keep coming at you guys with content as best as possible. And uh, we'll say we'll do we'll definitely be more research about the draft as well. Yep. 
uh, I have some water as yeah. it gets closer and we can talk to you guys about some of the prospects and what we think on those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll just enjoy bubble mm-hmm. basketball together. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. See all you. day basketball. What's, all better? Day. What's better than that? 1130 all the way to seven, nine o'clock. Like it's crazy. It's amazing. It ma- like, like I'm at work and I'm thinking, okay, there's a game. I got to check the scores. Am I watching yeah. this? Am I doing work? What is going on? You know? Yeah. So it's nice. So uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah. Peace. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.